Great Odin's Raven. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is, uh, this is ridiculous. Okay, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. With, I'll go. Hello and welcome to the FilmPulse.net podcast, episode number 26. My name is Adam. Today I'm joined, as always, by Kevin. How are you, Kevin? I'm well. Doing well. I'm doing yeah. pretty well myself. Today we're going to be reviewing The Watch, as well as going over some news bits, including our thoughts on the Life of Pi and Cloud Atlas trailers. We're going to be highlighting some Amazon Blu-ray deals, and we're going to be going over our weekly movie predictions. Uh, but before we talk about what we've been watching this week, I just want to make a quick announcement that you can watch the full movie of Clown, the Danish film that we've been talking about entirely too much on the show. And you can check out the entire movie at our site at filmpulse.net. And by renting the movie from us, you'll be helping out uh, the site and helping us support the show. So it's a win-win. It's a great movie, and you can watch it full Full movie, no commercials or any of that shit. Just right on the site. Really? Yep. Yeah. Who do who um, they do who they do that through? I'm, I'm imagining it was the Alamo Draft House, right? It's right. Draft House um, partnered with a service called Distrify, and that allows us to put the site legally, or put the the movie legally on our site, and people can rent it directly from our site. Ooh. So it's it's really cool. That is an very, awesome very service. Cool service. Yep. I I hope that company blows up. That'd be awesome. They're getting um they have a pretty small lineup right now, but I think if in the future I can see Draft House films, you know, attaching themselves to that company and I think that that's going to help them out a lot because I've been very impressed with the Draft House lineup thus far. I think it just makes absolute sense to do it that way. Yeah, because you're, you know, you're helping out the sites that promote these movies, and that's really what you need, you know? Yeah. And it helps get the movie out there. Everybody gets a little, you know, bit of um, compensation for it, and it's it's nice. So what we're doing is we have a banner ad on the right side of the page right now. And we also have uh, the original article that contains the, the movie. I have that stickied on the site. So it'll stay at the top of the site for a few days. Uh, once we get some more news articles and stuff coming in, I'm probably going to start moving it lower, but I'm going to keep the banner up there for quite a while. So yeah. you can just click on the banner and there's a button. You can watch the trailer, and then there's a button right in the movie that just says rent. You just click that, put in your details, and you can watch the entire movie. And get, I believe it's in HD. Get the hell out of here. Yep. That is awesome. Yep. Uh, I think I'll get started this week. Uh haven't been watching a lot because I was still in Pennsylvania for the majority of this week, so... I didn't watch a whole lot of stuff. I rewatched a lot of movies with Ryan. Stuff that he didn't see, like Antichrist. I He never replied to me. What did Ryan think of Antichrist? I think he actually liked it. Uh, yeah? But, but he was pretty adequately disturbed by it. And I think he said it was one of the most messed up movies he's ever seen. And this is, a, this is coming from a guy that watched a Serbian film. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, though. I mean, that scene at the end with the scissors. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if you can top that. That was pretty. But I will say, upon rewatching it, the first time I saw Antichrist, I was not that into it. I was not... I didn't really get a lot of things. Like, there were certain parts of the the symbolism that I was just like, "Ah, I don't really know what any of that means. Um, But upon a rewatch, after I already knew what was coming, I actually appreciated the film a lot more. So, if you saw Antichrist once and you hated it, you might want to watch it again, (laughs) because you might find an appreciation for it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it the first the first time I watched it. The only thing that uh, impressed me the first time was the visuals. But... And after, the, vi- the visuals are amazing. After watching it the second time, the visuals still looked stunning. But I guess uh, I had a bigger appreciation for all the subtext and just the the nuance of the film and stuff. Like the little hints of things that you see throughout and stuff made me appreciate it a lot more so mm-hmm. i i recommend that one i also saw chernobyl diaries this chernobyl was diaries yeah this was um it wasn't good but i will say this the it was filmed i believe in hungary and they used a an old Nazi bunker to film a lot of it in. And that was the most impressive thing to me were, was where they filmed it. It looked like they were actually in Chernobyl. Now, obviously I've never been there, but I've seen pictures and stuff and it looked pretty authentic. Like where they were at was really cool. I mean, it was really atmospheric and creepy and they used the, the Geiger counter thing to, set the the mood but in the end it was just a pretty typical horror movie nothing special about it yeah and they it was kind of this like they mixed in some found footagey looking things but it wasn't a found footage movie oh okay it just they had there were certain scenes where they would like have the um characters videotaping certain things but yeah yeah this when this came out it looked like a forgettable movie it was it was extremely forgettable like i said the only thing and and there were at the beginning it was actually pretty cool because you didn't really know what the what they were going to be terrorized by so, like, when they were exploring these, like, old ruins and stuff, there was, like, a bear that ran by and stuff. And it was, like, it was kind of cool at the beginning because you don't really know what's going on. But then it just turns into this pretty typical, bland horror movie. Yeah. So, I, I definitely couldn't recommend that. But one that I could recommend is a film called Cold Fish. This is a Japanese film that came out in 2010. I don't know if it was released in the States in 2010. It might have been 2011 before it came over here. Yeah, I think it was 2011 when it came over here. This was a great... This was a great movie. Uh, I wouldn't call it a horror movie. 
I think it is generally classified as a horror movie, but I would think of it more as a psychological thriller. Okay. And it's based on a true story, which makes it even crazier. And, and it's about this tropical fish salesman. He has a pet store where he sells fish, and he ends up meeting this rival pet store owner, and they kind of develop this really weird friendship. And it escalates from there and gets really crazy and and really out of hand, but it's a great watch. I, very disturbing, especially at the end, and it is kind of a slow burn. You don't really know where it's going to go. Yeah. But, man, when it gets there, <laughs> when well, it gets there. And I remember when this movie came out that I heard a lot of good things about it. And, like you said, inspired by true events. And apparently they're known as the Saitama Serial Murders of Dog Lovers. Like that's that's an odd <laughs> that's an odd name for them. But yeah. I did notice once you told me about this, because I've been wanting to see this for a while, it is play instant on Netflix. So I think I might be watching Cold Fish this week. I highly recommend it. And I know that you were a big fan of Suicide Circle or Suicide Club, as was I. This is the same writer and director. Yeah, it is. And same with Norco's Dinner Table, which was the sort of sequel to Suicide Circle and Hair Extensions, which was an, another great Japanese horror movie. So, now I was recommend it. I was disappointed in Noriko's Dinner Table. It it was and a I, lot different, like tonally, a lot different than Suicide Circle. It, I didn't find it to be nearly as energetic or <laughs> like just crazy. I found it to be kind of dull compared to Suicide Circle. Yeah. But this guy, he's all over the place when he makes movies, though. Makes a lot of different things. Yeah. Like that. Have you ever heard about that movie, Love Exposure? Um, I heard of it. I mean, I've never seen it. It's I two, haven't read too much about it. 237 minutes along. Yep, 230. Yeah. About a guy that takes panty shot photos. Yeah, I'll probably be skipping that one. Yeah, that's just bizarre. That is a epic movie about an odd subject so really that's cold fish is the only one that i can recommend that i saw this week uh i also went back and watched Candyman one through three. <laughs> oh, lucky and i'm in the process of watching Wishmaster one through three why why do you do this to yourself i don't know because i'm a i'm a horror guy and <laughs> yeah yeah you're like way too into horror I was going through like on Letterboxd and stuff, and I was, I, I like I was pretty sure I saw some of those, but I wasn't positive. So I just was like, you know what? I don't have anything else to watch because I don't watch TV. Yeah. Like movies are my TV. Yeah. So a lot of times I'll just put on a movie in the background while I'm doing something else or whatever. That's all I got. Well, it sounds like you had a bad week. Yeah, it wasn't great. Movies. So. Sorry to hear that. But uh, this sort of brings us back to what we started off with. I finally watched Clown. There we go. That was, I think, the first movie I watched this week. Which was, it was pretty funny. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I thoroughly enjoyed it. 
And I wanted, and I think you said, right, that uh, Draft House Pictures is bringing over the the entire series. Yeah, I found that out right after we recorded last week's Ryan Watches a Movie where we had him watch Clown. And we were talking about the fact that you can't get the TV show. Well, I did a little research and I found out that you can actually buy the import DVDs on Amazon. They have all of them on Amazon. Now, you do have to have... Um, they are region two and they are pal. So you would have to have like a converter or an all region player. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I found out that draft house films is releasing the entire series. Yes. On, I don't know if it's, they didn't say if it was going to be on DVD or Blu-ray or both, but it just said, um, actually, if you go to the draft house films website, you can download the, Lars von Trier directed episode of Clown for free and watch it. And at the end, they do a little promo. And that's where it says that the entire series is going to be released soon. That's awesome. And I'm by the way, the Lars von Trier episode is hilarious, too. I, did, I, did not, I didn't get to watch that yet. But I'm definitely excited to see this show. Because, I mean, I enjoyed Clown, but I think it was one of those instances where you and Ryan... And Justin, too, sort of build it up too much that I thought I was going to be like laughing my ass off through the entire movie. And that didn't really happen. So it was a little bit of a letdown. But it was still still very enjoyable movie. And I'm definitely excited for the TV show. Yeah. I, 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 I have a feeling that the TV show is going to be a lot funnier. The episode that we saw was very funny. Yeah. Very funny. Because the thing that... The, you know, the scene that you were telling me about in the episode of the TV show, that's like stuff that's up my alley. This, mo- this movie was just a bit too much like over the top stuff, like mm-hmm. too much raunchiness and just gross out stuff. There wasn't really any really good dialogue based humor. Yeah. There, I, mean, I mean, there was, there was some, some. There, there was, was some. a couple spots. I, uh, a couple one spots. of my favorite bits of dialogue was very simple. And it was near the end when Bo just said, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that. I enjoyed when Casper said, this isn't the tour de, the tour de other things. Yeah. And the whole bit with the man flirting. Yes. At the very end when he's like, yeah, that sort of backfired on me. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, uh, which is probably a spoiler, but I'm going to say it anyways. You can cut it out if you want. But... Oh, he's like, yeah, a man raped me. He's like, no, you made you made love to a man. <laughs> Just the way he said, you made love to a man. Uh, but yeah, I'm definitely excited for the TV show. Yeah, I, I cannot wait. Cannot wait. I have a feeling I'm going to get stuck on that. Because it's what? There's like six seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to that's gonna t- be a part of my life soon. Yes, Take absolutely. Take a portion of it. Yep, it will be. So I definitely recommend that one. Like we said, go to the website, Film Pulse. You can watch the movie and enjoy yeah. it. it, it and know what great. everyone else is talking about. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about it. It's getting mm-hmm. a lot of buzz. It is. It's, I'm seeing it everywhere. It's, cause it's, so, it's, it's crazy. It's just so over the top. It's like movies like that don't get made over here. No. Like... <laughs> Yeah. They take it to another level. Yeah, they do. But uh, you can, you know, European, you can get away with that. Yep. Uh, the second movie I watched, documentary, Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Finally got to see this. 
And man, was it awesome. Yeah. This documentary was the, just amazing. The, the, the way that it was filmed, it looked so good. Yes, yes. The cinematography in this movie. I mean, usually, I do have to say that people that do documentaries, they're getting a lot better at this and sort of adding some flavor to it instead of just information, information, you know. But the cinematography was outstanding. But it was also just very, very interesting. Because when I went into watching this movie, I was like, oh, I'm going to see like some crazy sushi, just like off the wall type stuff. And then you find out that he just makes like the simplest stuff in the world. But it's, mm-hmm. it's the process that he does it that makes it like the greatest sushi in the entire world. I and don't I, think, yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody's as meticulous no, about it as he is. No, and it's almost to the point where it, it's, it seems like he has a problem, <laughs> you might want to say. Like yeah. he's too much of a perfectionist. And it seems like, I mean, I don't, I don't really know, but the way that he's talking about his life and everything, it sounds like he put more time and effort into the whole sushi thing instead of his family. <laughs> Just, which I thought, and they sort of just like glanced over that, which I was more interested in. I wanted to know a little more about that. But man, I, I honestly, I he could have been putting anything down on those plates, and I would have been mesmerized and just sat there and watched it. Yeah, I just I love it was amazing. One of the things that blew my mind was just how he gets a he finds out who's going to be coming to dinner and he gives them assigned seating yeah like so when you go to his restaurant you have assigned seating and he memorizes everybody that's sitting and he will take note if you're left-handed or right-handed and that'll uh, factor into the placement of the sushi yeah on the plate and how he'll serve you and just it's little things like that, you know. Yeah, that, I mean, that add like, up to yeah. When we say he's meticulous, it's not just in him preparing the sushi, which he really doesn't even do. It's all all of his workers do that, but just meticulous in every single facet of the restaurant experience. Right. He is, basically, he just plates it. Yeah, it's just it was crazy. But there was one thing that they never really like went into, and I don't know if it was because the director didn't feel it was necessary, or maybe Jiro didn't want him to do it in the first place. But when he's talking about like he, how he said he's been on his own since nine years old, and then they just sort of like went past it and started talking about other stuff, I was like, what do you mean? Like, where did he live? Did he just start working at nine years old? They didn't really get too much into his family life. No. Like, I don't... Did they show his wife at all? No. Yeah, I don't remember that. That was just bizarre. I'm like, man, the guy's been alone since nine years old? What did he do? They really stuck with just the sushi aspect of it. Yeah. But I did like that they went into the whole, like, how they get their fish that was and really everything. interesting. And yes. it's just... I mean, they really care about their food. Well, they and have. They talked and they only work with certain people, and they have such a trusted relationship that the people that they get their fish from 
we'll like save the good stuff for them and won't yeah. sell it to anyone else. And they have a special dealer for each type of fish. Yeah. So they'll have a shrimp guy and they'll have like, you know, a squid guy and all this stuff. Yeah, and they're, they're rice crazy. guy. The rice guy. Oh, yeah, the, the rice was a big thing, too. Like how what, they prepare the rice and stuff. Yeah, because what was it? Like, I can't remember what hotel came to him and was like, we want to use your rice. And he was like, no, I'm sorry, you can't. <laughs> yeah, very, very good movie. I'm yes. a big documentary person, so I was loving it. Yes, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Definitely recommend that one. I pretty much can recommend every single movie that I saw. Except for, well, no, I can recommend it, but I have a feeling we're going to get into a discussion about it. Yeah. Which is the one I watched last night, The Touring Horse. Ugh. Which is right up your alley. It's like your, it's like your kind of movie. It was like made for you, Adam. Here's the thing about The Touring Horse. Now- that, was, that was what I was thinking the whole time I was watching. I was like, dude, this is right up Adam's alley. This is perfect for him. I'll watch anything. I mean, I watch a lot of art house films and stuff like that. Uh, but the tour and horse, I was not. I, I like it was one of those movies where I was like so bored that I felt like my skin was crawling. Like I was just, I wanted to get out of this movie so bad. Like I felt like my skeleton was gonna rip out of my skin. Because I was so frustrated with it. Like, nothing happens. And these people are completely flat, boring in every way. Like, their lives are so (laughs) horrible. Like, I don't want to watch this. (laughs) It's like, their, their means of entertainment was sitting at a window and watching a freaking dust storm. And and every night, all they ate was boiled potatoes every which, night. Yeah, which I got to say, I've never seen someone eat a boiled potato so creepily as the old man in this movie. The first time he eats it, where it's just like the close-up of his face. Oh, my God. And I was that was one of my minor quibbles, which I know. That, I mean, there's no plot to this damn movie. So you can't really get upset about anything. But the fact that, like, they live in absolute squalor. All they have is potatoes. And he is just hounding this potato. This one boiled potato. Like, he's never eaten in his life. And he eats, like, half of it. And then he's done. And then his daughter, she eats, like, a quarter of hers. And then they just throw the potatoes yeah, away. they just throw it away. It's like, my God, you guys are... You guys are just wasting food left and right. My goodness. You don't have that much to begin with. All you have is potatoes. Jeez. And everybody, everybody's like, oh, it looks like so great. Like the, the movie only has like 30 shots in it or whatever. And it looks beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, it looks good. I mean, it's, it's film nice, but it's still like just the most boring, bland thing ever. And the fact it, that they made it black and white makes it visually look better, but it's still a good, probably 20, 25 minutes of the movie is watching a guy eat a potato. Or stare out a window. 
or stare out of a window. But or, I do have... Or, or have his daughter dressing and undressing him. Yeah. I do have to say that uh, it looks amazing. Like, the opening scene is probably one of the best things I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it looks good. Just the cinematography plus the music in it. Oh, God. That's the other problem I had with it. The um, music. It was one song that played yeah. over and over and over again in for like two and a half hours. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. This is the most depressing music ever. And it just was on. And it wasn't even a long song either. It was like. Nah. It was like a 30-second loop that just looped the entire movie. Um, I do. I loved it. I loved it, though. I know you hated it. I did hate it. I did hate it. I wasn't buying it. The the intro did look great, but I was done within, like, the first five minutes. And the fact that it's, like, him just walking with that horse for, like, 15 minutes, I'm just like, oh, God. Just get to the fucking house already. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, uh, no. I do... I think... Well, the reason I like it so much is... I mean, I wish I knew a little bit more about Nietzsche's uh, philosophies. Because it's all based on that idea. Is how, you know, in the before the film even starts, they set it up for you. Of what what this is about. And I mean, it's just about the life of the horse. But it, it was definitely a... I enjoyed it because it's one of those films that make you think. I mean, it's not really... You know, it's not really a film film because there's no plot. Here's, there's, not, there's not much to it, but it's definitely... Right. I sort of saw it as like a... I don't know, like a essay. Essay I with think- pictures. I think I would have enjoyed it if I went to an art museum and it was one of the exhibits. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, if it was displayed, if it was exhibited in a museum and, like, that's how it was, you know, it'd be cool, like, if they had multiple screens and, like, each screen had one of the days, you know, because it was broken up into days. Yeah. I I think that that would be a much more effective way to exhibit it because... When I just sat down and watched it, I was just like, "This, when is this ever going to end? It's just the same thing over and over. And it was like, what, six days? Is that how long it... Yeah, six days. And but I, just, think, I, I think that played a part into it, though. It's that it was just the, the repetitiveness of... and I mean, they're getting absolutely nowhere. And honestly, they really don't have anything to live for. They do nothing. And... You know, the horse, after a while, the horse is the first one to give up and pretty much dies. And then, the, like, the final scene where the daughter gives up and stops eating. And, you know, the father's like, you have to eat. And I think it did just leave you sitting there like, why? Why do you have to eat? Why, why are you continuing? What are you doing? Yeah. You're not doing anything. There's no point to anything that you're doing. Where did they go when they... Uh, maybe that's a spoiler. Well, <laughs> it's, You're not spoiling anything. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if this can be spoiled, but when they left the house, where did they go? Was that that's, just like another house that they had or what? I don't know. That's what I didn't understand either. Because I was like, like oh, well, if they, if they have another house, why don't they just either 
why didn't they go there in the first place or sell that little shack that they're living in the middle of the, you know, barren wasteland that they're living in? Yeah. get that. Yeah, I think, I think they ended up just back at their original house. I thought, I thought they tried to leave and then I think they realized that there was nowhere for them to go. Oh, maybe, maybe it was. For some reason, I thought it was a different house that they went to. Like that they packed up and moved. Mm. But I, I don't know, maybe I'm... By, by the end of the movie, I was so tuned out of it. I just wanted it to be over. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like I was just waiting for something to happen. Yeah, nothing happens. I was like, what? what's going to happen? What, what is this build up to? Nothing. <laughs> Staring out a window, eating some potatoes. Nothing. <laughs> but... That's yeah. what that's what Nietzsche's philosophies is about. So, but it, this is Bellatar's last movie. He's done. Yeah, he's dead, isn't he? Is, did he die? No, no, he's he still alive. Quit. He quit. He's not making movies anymore, which is kind of odd given what this last film is about. You know, the whole story of Nietzsche running, throwing his arms over the horse, and then right. getting mental illness and never talking again for the next eleven years. Yeah. Well. I don't recommend it. Kevin recommends it. If you're into like extremely slow burn art films, yeah, I, I mean, I only recommend it if, like you said, you're into art films. Um, if you love cinematography, because I, I mean, I can be very forgiving if a movie has great cinematography, or you know, you're into Nietzsche, or you're into Bellatar. But other than that, you're gonna hate this movie. So it's sort of like a quasi, I recommend it. <laughs> I recommend it on certain grounds. Yeah, I if mean. You don't, if you don't meet any of those criteria, you are going to hate it. I'll go with that. Did you see anything else this week? Um, no. Let's go ahead and talk about some news. Oh. Um, the big, really the two main things I want to talk about are two big trailer releases. We have Life of Pi, the new Ang Lee film. And we have Cloud Atlas, the Wachowski brother and sister, and uh, I cannot remember the other guy, the other Tom, director. Tom uh, Twiker? I don't know how you pronounce his last name. He did uh, Run Little Yeah, he did Run Little Run. So, first up, let's talk about the Life of Pi trailer. What'd you think? Life of Pi trailer looks terrible. Terrible? That movie think- looks terrible. I actually don't really have an opinion on it, honestly. I thought it looked like a Tarsum Singh movie. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. It reminded me of that. And with Ang Lee, I don't know if that's necessarily, you know, if it said Martin Scorsese, I'd be like, all right. You know, like, even though it doesn't look great, it'll probably be awesome. Yeah. But with Ang Lee, I'm sorry, but after rewatching Crouching Tiger years later, I don't think that movie holds up. No, and that's one of the main reasons I have not gone back and watched that movie again. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure if I do, I'm going to be like, wow, why the hell was I so into this? It's, I, guarantee, I almost guarantee you it'll be in your slumdog category of yeah. movies that you don't like anymore or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think it has potential. It could be cool. Visually, visually it looks like it's going to be pretty great. Well, see, that was the thing that I actually hated. 
I thought the visuals looked terrible. Well, they didn't look real. No, it's so just... If you were, so if you were going for, like, a realism, but I thought that they looked really stylized, and uh. I'm not... I mean, like, when the whale came out of the water and stuff, I was like, it looks almost like it's animated. Like, yeah. um, uh, animated in a way that it's not supposed to look real, but I doubt that they're going for that. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I didn't like the way it looked. Look, you know, everything looked like green screen to me. It just looked too, too fake. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything looks like extremely fake. Extremely. So. I don't know. I just have a feeling that they could have done a better job. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I never, it's based on the book, right? I never read the book. No. So I don't really know the story or what happens or anything like that. But uh, it looks like from the trailer, we can see pretty much everything that happened because they show him like waking up on an island or something. So we know, we know that he eventually gets out of the water. Yeah. And it has Gerard Depardieu in it. So. Yes, it does. He plays Frenchman. <laughs> but I, I remember seeing this book a couple of times, and I wasn't even interested in the book. I thought it sounded awful. Is it like a young adult novel or something? I don't know. Mm. It sounds like it. Yeah. The, the Bengal tiger's name is Richard Parker. <laughs> yeah, I, I, wrote that, I wrote that in the article that on the site about it. I, just, I thought that that was hilarious. Richard Parker. <laughs> uh, so what'd you think of the Cloud Atlas trailer? Now the Cloud Atlas trailer was now that looks pretty damn good. I'm pretty excited about this movie. So if you're not aware, they released a six-minute trailer for Cloud Atlas, and this is gonna be a huge. I think that this is gonna take the term epic to another level. Yes, you have. Characters uh, like Tom Hanks, Halle Berry. I think um, there's some. I think they're the main two characters, but we also have like Susan Sarandon in it, uh, Hugh Grant. Um, who's the older guy that's in it? Can't remember his name. Uh, Jim Broadbent. Yes. Is that who you're thinking of? I think so. The British, the British actor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's in it as well. And it looks like it's it's gonna span generations. The actors are playing multiple characters <laughs> every year ever. I yeah, think. I, mean, I think it's every year in the entire history. It goes from. It looks like it goes from all the way back in like the Middle Ages almost to the distant future. I mean, I know that part of it takes place in the seventies. I could tell that. Part of it takes place in the movie The Fifth Element, I think. <laughs> yeah. Or at least it just, like, I mean, looked that way. It looked, like, as soon as that popped up, I was like, what the hell? What's going on? Did I it miss looks like something? It's gonna be very, and part of it looks like it takes place in Waterworld, too. Yes. <laughs> yes, I thought that. I think it's about the history of movies, maybe. I don't know. Well, I think that they have a hard time describing what this movie is about because even watching well, I, a six, yeah even watching a 6 minute trailer I'm still not sure what yeah. I saw I definitely see why they had they released a 6 minute trailer but now did did this play a part cuz you wrote a rant about this no I forget when this was like you know, like last month or something where you were getting no 
this one didn't anger you this one didn't (laughs) no this is different because uh they released the wachowskis and the other director uh released a video kind of with their describing why they did this long why they made this long trailer and everything and it no that doesn't bother me at all because with a huge movie like this that's really hard to kind of come up with a synopsis for it yeah. i think that it is necessary to to see it because yeah. like like i just said i still don't really know what the hell it's about what, what this movie's <laughs> going to be about so yeah. I think a six-minute trailer fit. Plus, I think the movie is three hours long, so that's gonna, you know, that helps it too. Now, if they start releasing twelve-minute clips here and there and come out with an extended trailer, I'm sure they will. If they start doing that crazy stuff, then I'm gonna be upset. But yeah, the the other director's name is Tom Tickfer. I always forget his name. Tom Tickfer. He did some other stuff other than Run Lola Run, though, right? Didn't he? Yeah. What was the International? Remember Didn't that, he do that maybe? one, that other one with the same actress from Run Lola Run? Yeah. What the hell was that called? The Princess and the Warrior? Yes. Yeah. So you're you're going to be seeing the Cloud Atlas then? You're into that? I think so. The only thing, there's only a couple of things that I'm not into about it. Number one, I don't like Tom Hanks playing serious characters. I'm not a fan of Halle Berry or Hugh Grant. But I am a big fan of Jim Broadbent, so. And it just looks, I mean, it's one of those things where I have to see it. Because now that I watch the trailer, I'm like, what the hell is this about? (laughs) So I'm going to have to go. I mean, it just looks like uh, it's just how, I guess, acts can change things from the past present and the future i guess one of those things it looks like it's somehow tied together with that well first they mentioned a book and then they seem to mention a sonata so i don't know if maybe the everything's tied together with that cloud atlas sonata probably i'm sure that it uh, it all ties together somehow but i don't know I I just hope that I'm not the one that has to review it for the site. <laughs> I think it's going to be a tough one to review. Mm, I'm not reviewing it. <laughs> not, not it. Not it. Uh, do you have any news you want to go over? Uh, I was just going to say they announced the lineups for Toronto and Venice. That is correct. That's right. Um, Some good things. Or... In the horizon here. Getting pretty excited about. I don't have the list in front of me. Do you have it in front of you? Yeah, there's tons of movies. Yeah, but there's uh Toronto's got Argo, you know, the new Ben Affleck movie. Mm-hmm. Um the opening night movie will be Looper. So we'll get to hear about Looper. I'm very excited for that. I'm unbelievably excited for that movie. Silver Linen's playbook. Not excited. Which- not excited, but yeah, it is David O. Russell. So I don't know. I might check that out. I'll, I'll probably wait and see what I hear about it. You need to watch Primer before Looper comes out. Yeah, I do need to watch Primer. That'll be your homework assignment to watch Primer. Uh, the new Raman Barani movie at any price, which seems very odd. 
guy that did uh, Chop Shop and Goodbye Solo, doing a mm-hmm. movie with Dennis Quaid and Zach Efron. That's weird. Yeah, I read about that. It's weird. Cloud Atlas is playing, which we just mentioned. I mean, just there's a new Noah Baumbach movie, which apparently no one even knew about, which has uh, Greta Gerwig, and she co-wrote it as well. Not surprising. No. Um, that have you heard about the Iceman? Yeah. The, the, yeah. Uh, he's a hit. Was he a hitman? Yeah. And it's, it's like the biopic of him or whatever yes with michael shannon mm-hmm. yeah that's gonna be playing there which i'm getting really excited about that and just tons of other stuff tons of other stuff playing and then venice of course as terrence malick's new movie to the wonder that also has the ice man and at any price the ron barani movie but it also has spring breakers so we'll finally get to hear about harmony corinne's Spring Breakers, which yes, this is starring James Franco and Selena Gomez and um, oh, what's the other girl that I always forget her name? Vanessa Hudgens. Yes, Vanessa Hudgens. This, I'm just, I'm so curious about this movie. I don't even know. I don't know if it's going to be good. I have no idea. But it's, it's like a like a freak show. I just have to see it. I'm so curious about it. I'm going to go see it just because of the pictures I saw with James Franco at the grill and the cornrows <laughs> holding the guns up. I don't know if you saw that picture, but yes. it's hilarious. Oh, I just, it blows my mind. And that's in competition, too. Well, the thing about Harmony Corinne, uh, and we we talked about this before when I, I listed Trash Humpers as one of my one out of tens. Uh, I, I don't really like really any of his movies, and yet I see every single one of them when they come out. Yep. And I don't know why it's it is like that whole, you know, freak show mentality, that whole freak show vibe where I just I just have to see what he's gonna be doing. <clears throat> mm, yeah, and especially with a cast like that, and what the plot line is. I know I'm I'm really interested. It sounds it sounds a lot more mainstream than any of his other um works, but at the same but, time completely right. not mainstream. But at, at all. the same time, I mean he could take it in, you know, and make it crazy trash humpers land. I think he's probably going to too. I don't think that's out of his system. I don't think he can get that out of his system. It's going it to be seems, bizarre. It seems like he's really into the whole, like, VHS, like, nasty, dirty recording type thing. Uh, there's, it's, there's going to be something in it that just makes you gag. <laughs> there always is. Yeah. Yeah, there is. And Venice also has uh, the new movie by Brian De Palma, which is called Passion. With Numi Rapace and uh, Rachel McAdams, which I think is just a a remake of the French movie Love Crimes, hmm. which doesn't make that much sense because Love Crimes wasn't that great, or Love Crime. Sorry. Yeah, it is a remake of the French thriller. I'm starting to think that De Palma 
kind of fell into the um, Francis Ford Coppola syndrome where, you know, he made some great movies. He made some fantastic movies in his heyday, and then it just kind of started going down, and, like, eventually they get to the point, these great directors get to the point where they just, they're like, you know what, I'm just going to make whatever I want, and I'm going to make some crazy shit, and that's just how it's going to be. <laughs> like and did. make some bad movies as well. Well, his, his last movie was Redacted, which I don't know if you saw that, but it was horrible. I didn't even hear about that. It's, it was almost unwatchable. It's kind of, um, it's actually a found footage, basically a found footage mockumentary style film about the war in, I think it's Iraq, but it could be Afghanistan. And it, it was terrible. Just terrible. Yeah, that sounds awful. Yeah, I mean, it was very, uh, distasteful and made our military looks so horrible. Like they were nothing but a bunch of like evil killers and rapists and stuff. And, you know, well, Brian De Palma did make snake eyes with Nicholas cage. Yeah. I mean, he's made some garbage, but when you look at the bulk of his film, filmography, it's great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's made some really good stuff, but I still feel like he was on his way down. You know, pretty much at Snake Eyes. Because then he has, like, Mission to Mars. And I actually like the Black Dahlia, but I know that a lot of people didn't. And then he has that redacted. So, I don't know. Maybe Passion will be good. Doesn't sound like something I'd be interested in. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'll check it out. Because I'm one of those people where I'm just like, well, I'll just watch the French movie Love Crime. Why do I have to watch the American one? I mean, if it's that good that they had to remake it, I'm just going to watch the original. Well, there are a few remakes that... Yeah, I, I think we were, me and my wife were talking about that last night because I, I'm one of those people that think the, the new uh, girl with the dragon tattoo is a lot better than the original. I agree. And I would also probably go out on a limb and say that I thought that the Let the Right One In remake... Let Me In was better than the original. Oh, yeah? Yes. Very right. similar, but I still liked, liked the, the American version better. There's a couple other examples of that. I think that a lot of... I think that there's a really good argument for The Departed being better than Infernal Affairs as well. That's true. But at the same time, I'm still like, why? Why? Why, why waste your time? Just come up with something else. Well... I'm so I mean, new. You know what? Like, I complain about that a lot, too. Like, especially, you know, when we're talking, again, going back to Clown, it doesn't need an American remake. But yeah. at the same time, with certain movies like The Departed or whatever, it's a great story. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. It's a fantastic story. But people aren't going to watch it because it's not in English. Yeah. And it doesn't, and it doesn't have big actors that they know. Well. So sometimes. It's just the only way to get a good story out there. Well, they don't deserve that good story, then. Don't <laughs> it's cater. Reserved. It's just reserved. Yeah, t- don't, ca- don't cater to them. Okay. I'll agree with that. That's, that's how I am. Don't cater to them. No, I don't want to watch... I don't want to read subtitles. No. Then you're missing out on good stuff. Yeah. I don't care. Not my problem. Let's talk about some Amazon Blu-ray deals, shall we? Let's... 
To get these incredible deals, just go to our site at filmpulse.net and either click on the Amazon banner, shop as you would normally, or click on the store link and check out some of our favorites and what we've been talking about on the show. First up, we have the Die Hard Collection, $21.99. This is all four Die Hard movies. Were you uh, into any of the Die Hard movies? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. I'm, First one. I'm, I really like Die Hard as opposed to any of the other, like, Lethal Weapons or anything like that. Yeah. Cop, all those. Yeah, I wasn't into Lethal Weapon that much. I think that the first Die Hard is still, still remains one of the best action movies ever made. It's, I mean, it's got comedy in it. It holds up, too. That's the thing. It, It really holds up. And I like Die Hard 3 a lot. The one with Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. So twenty one ninety nine for all four of them on Blu-ray. That's not a bad deal. No. And we have oh. Gr- Grease, seven ninety nine. Whoa, Grease. Damn. Uh, I don't like Grease. No. Oh, I, yeah. I agree. I don't really like Grease either. I don't. I can like- under. I can understand its appeal, and I can see why people like it. But I just don't like any musical whatsoever. Do you like the sound of music? No. I hate any musical. I'm sorry. Uh, what about singing in the rain? Hate it. Anything that involves I don't under I don't get it. Who the hell's like, oh you know what this story needs? We need to move it along and with the dialogue where you sing it. Why? Why do you have to sing the damn dialogue? Just talk like normal people. I hate I, musicals I I, I so like much. <laughs> I hate musicals too. I you know what the say, num the number one I hate? What is it called? The the umbrellas of where the entire all the dialogue is sung. There's Sweeney, no talking. Sweeney Todd does that. Sweeney Todd is terrible, if that's the case. Yeah, I saw that in the theater and I was like, oh no. Like I knew it was a musical, but I didn't realize that it was one of those <laughs> musicals <laughs> the where <entire> everything <laughs> like the dialogue is all sung. Ugh. Yeah, the Umbrellas of Cherbourg, I think is how you pronounce it. I don't know. It's a French movie, and it's terrible. It's fucking awful. I hate musicals. Knock it off. Mm, stop it with the musicals. <laughs> Give us a break. <laughs> Quit it. Well, it. fortunately, I don't think a lot of people like musicals. We don't see a lot of musicals coming around. Well, you now. remember, there was a little bit where it blew back up when Chicago came out. And then we had like I mean, we had like Moulin Rouge too. Yeah, and I remember Hedwig and the Angry Inch was. Yeah, big, and, and I, actually, they just announced a sequel to that. Well, they so shouldn't. They should not do that. Yeah, I mean they're they're Fair still. I mean, I, was was Rock of Ages considered a musical? Uh, I yes. Yeah, that's terrible. God, I forgot that one existed. And that was only a couple months ago. Yeah. <laughs> no, stop trying to bring it back. We don't well, like if you it. Remember, if you remember, musicals were huge. I mean, there was an Academy Award category for yeah. musical. Yeah, that's because back then people liked that stuff. Just like they liked the Three Stooges. We don't like it anymore, <laughs> right? We have different tastes. These things are terrible. Stop trying to bring them back. Uh, okay, well, we'll we'll do one more deal and we'll end it on a good note. Pulp Fiction, nine ninety nine. Nice. Now that is 
it remains one of my favorite movies. Now that is now that's a deal. Yeah. And you know what's great about that movie? No fucking musical. No musicals. No musical number. Okay. They talk well, like there, people. There is kind of that one when they're in the dance contest. Oh, that's true. Jack I'll Rabbit Slims. I'll I'll out. But they don't they don't sing or anything. Uh, they're just dancing. Yeah, dancing's fine. People dance, but no one sings dialogue to each other. Unless that you're weird. True. Unless you're weird. Sorry. That Hate. is true. All right, I think we're ready to move on to our feature review of the watch. No, I'm not done yet. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. We're still going to talk about <laughs> the musicals. I'm Kevin hates work. musicals, okay, I'm people. <laughs> Kevin hates musicals. I I sort of forgot that I hate musicals, and it just sort of brought back, you know, some emotions. Well, I'm right there with you. I I hate them just as much as you. There's there's not one musical that I like. So yeah. we hate them, and let's make a vow to try to not talk about them anymore on the show. <laughs> yes. So let's talk about the watch. This is not a musical. Thank God. It's directed by Akiva Schaefer, who is... Well, they, they do sing in that one scene. Yeah, they do. There is some singing, a little bit. Uh, he, Akiva Schaefer is probably best known for being in The Lonely Island, the Andy Samberg musical group. And he also directed a movie that you probably love, Kevin, Hot Rod. Hot Rod. Hot Rod was all right. You know, I actually never saw it, so can't say anything. I, I I haven't seen the entire thing. I've seen parts of it. Probably, like, I would say 75% of it. I have not seen it. Maybe I'll watch it this week just to see. Uh, the Watch stars Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn, Jonah Hill. Richard, have we figured out how to say his name properly? Um, I'm still going with Ayudade. Ay- Ayodade. That's how I pronounce it. And but I don't there's care. No D. You're saying it's Ayodade, but it's A Y O A D E. Ayodade. Yeah. Ayodade. Ayodade. Well, that's how I, you know, whatever. I don't care. Okay. Pronounce it however you want. Favre pronounces his name Favre. It's not spelled right. That's true. Uh, we also have Will Forte in it. And there's some, there's some other people, little cameos here and there. Um, Basically, about a neighborhood watch that discovers an alien plot to take over the world, and they need to stop it. What did you think of the watch, Kevin? I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. And I don't really understand why people are really sort of ripping this movie. But then again, you know, I've talked about it before. Comedy, I just want to laugh. I don't give a shit about story. I don't care about the plot, nothing. Just make me laugh. It is to note that this does have a 14% on Rotten Tomatoes, and the Metacritic score is currently a 36%. Really? Wow. So, you are correct when people are ripping this. Yeah, and, and I mean, when I first watched the trailer, now, I the first trailer I saw was the Red Band trailer, which I laughed my ass off through the entire thing. But at the same time, I was like, this movie's retarded. I'm sick and tired of aliens. Why are there aliens and everything? 
but at the same time, I don't care. I just want to laugh. That's all I want. Uh, I laughed quite a bit in this movie. I did have a lot of problems with the movie, and I'll try not to really get deep into it, plot issues and things like that, because like you said, I mean, it, it's a movie that's not really, it doesn't really merit deep analysis. No, and I mean, it doesn't, they don't take themselves seriously. I mean, obvious, they know it's a stupid premise. They just, it's just the, to make you laugh. Yeah, and that was actually one of my issues, is that I don't think I did find it as funny as you did. I thought that Ben Stiller was unfunny, but I wasn't expecting him to be very funny. No, I, I mean, thought yeah. that Vince Vaughn was the funniest part of the movie. I thought that his dialogue was definitely <laughs> the funniest, by far. Mm, he is hilarious. I didn't think that Jonah Hill was funny. I And... and it's not that I don't think these characters are funny. It's that I feel like they just didn't have a lot to work with. Um, especially the Jonah Hill and um, Richard Aude Aid <laughs> characters. I feel like that they, they were a little less developed than the Vince Vaughn Ben Stiller's characters. And I just didn't find them to be nearly as funny. I still, yeah, I thought they were all, except for the exception of Ben Stiller. I thought they were all hilarious. I mean, Ben Stiller had his moments here and there, but I think he was sort of playing the straight man. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what he normally does. And, and that is one thing that the film definitely has going for it, is that these these four guys work really well off of each other. I couldn't imagine a better team up. Yeah, there. I just, I love the idea of how you did. It's like, just he for he shouldn't be there at all. It doesn't make any sense why he would be hanging out with these guys and be a part of the neighborhood watch. But for some reason, that's funny to me as well. Jamarcus. Jamarcus. <laughs> His name's. J- <laughs> uh. And then, well, this is the kind of stuff that I like too. I like all. I'm a really big fan of dialogue-based humor, just banter, just saying stupid shit. And this is this movie's perfect for it. And I just, I, it was hilarious to me. Um, I also was not. I didn't think Will Forte was that funny in it either. I thought that he was kind of. I thought he was wasted. okay. I liked his. I like the scene where the you know they take the kid in that's in the trailer, mm-hmm. and they get in his face and do that whole thing, and then yeah. he's he's like he's like, am I under arrest? He's like, fuck no, he's like, this guy's a joke. So like, can you give me a ride home? No. Um, the, there was one scene that I, that I thought was really funny and I believe they do show it in one of the trailers and it's with, um, I'm trying to look up his name. It's the, the older guy that's in, you know, uh, he's, he's in you know, like he's everything. drill sergeant. He's, he's always, his name is R. Lee. Oh uh, yeah. R. Lee Hermy. Yeah. He, he had a really funny scene. I thought he was, that scene with him <laughs> yelling at them was hilarious. <laughs> yes. I loved a lot of the scenes. 
can't really get it because there was another scene with Will Forte that I thoroughly enjoyed and thought was hilarious, but that was at the end. Yeah. Uh, let's not go into really too many spoilers, although I do want to do a quick spoiler session after we talk about this because I do want to talk about one big problem that I had, and it's a spoiler. I gave, okay, so my review's up on the site. I gave it like a um, 5 out of 10. Okay. So clearly, I did not enjoy this nearly as much as you. I did I did well, laugh, but... Well, the funny thing for me, even though I said that I really thought it was hilarious and it, it was really funny to me and I was entertained, I would still probably only... I mean, I could definitely agree with a 5. Because I think I'd like the highest I would go is maybe a 6. But I probably wouldn't even do that. I might go like five and a half. When I was kind of taking mental notes throughout the... Because I knew I was going to be reviewing it. Throughout most of the movie, I was like, okay, like six and a half, six. And then like towards... As the movie progressed, they introduced some kind of, I thought, sappy stuff in there. That they kind of tried to make it a little bit serious. And I didn't think that it fit at all, and I was like, okay, well, I don't, I don't really need like the whole thing with with Ben Stiller and his wife and all that stuff. And I was like, okay, and, yeah, that's that's the number one thing that I never understand with comedies, why they always have to like add that heart, like halfway through the film, and usually that's the point where the comedy just goes straight downhill, where they sort of just brush brush the comedy to the back burner and they're like oh we're gonna deal with the heart of the movie now it's like no please don't just make yeah. keep making me laugh that's right. that's what i'm here for if i wanted heart and stuff i'd go watch a drama i thought that the the comedy was a pretty even keel throughout the movie yeah i didn't feel a big drop off in the comedy even during some of the bigger action scenes near the end but at the same time, I would still rather watch the four of these guys just doing neighborhood watch rounds rather than fighting aliens. Yeah. And like, I, I thought that the funniest things were them, you know, trying to interrogate people and just the ridiculous ideas they would get in their head and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Uh, yeah, their thought processes of trying to, you know, gather information or get intel are completely off base and hilarious. You know, when they're sitting around trying to, <laughs> they're coming up with their plan to get intel from, uh, what was Lee Ermey's character's name? I think it was like Manfred or something. It was something like that, yeah. Yeah, Manfred. Manfred. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I mean, the, the and it's very in-depth, though, the plan that they come up with, but completely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, and they and actually show that. They show that in the trailer, too. Uh, yeah. In the Red Band trailer. So, But I just, I love the seriousness that they talk about it, though. Let's, uh, let's go into the spoiler section real quick, because I just... There's just a couple of things I want to bitch about. So we're going into a spoiler section. If you haven't seen The Watch or if you don't want it spoiled, please fast forward. Now we'll have the time code in the show notes so you can just skip right on over this discussion. It's not going to be very long. So we're in a spoiler section now. 
the biggest issue I had, one of the biggest issues, I didn't feel like Jamarcus should have been an alien. Yeah, I thought I had a I had a serious issue with that. And then after they you discover that he's an alien, I was thinking, oh, he's gonna like help them and like use his alien powers or whatever. But he doesn't. He just shoots the other aliens with a gun. Yeah. You know, these aliens are like super strong and they can do you know, all kinds of stuff. And I was like, why is he not utilizing his own power? The only thing that I did like about, and the, what I said earlier is but like right off the bat, I was thinking that he was an alien. Cause like I said, I'm like, why the hell is he in this group? He doesn't fit. It's like one of those, uh, little puzzles when you were a little kid where you have four things and what thing doesn't match. And you're like, Jamarcus, <laughs> Yeah. There's no reason for him to be there. But when, you know, you found out he was an alien, I was like, oh, okay. And that was the only thing that I sort of liked at the end is that it turned out that he was just like like a random alien. Just like, you know, dude, just a regular guy. You know, because they were like, because I thought that was one of the funniest scenes when they're like, you know, they ask him to destroy the. Yeah, he's like, yeah. He's like I don't know how it works. And they're like, what? And he says, he's like, do you know how your cell phone works? It's like, yeah, you press a bunch of buttons and you hit send. He's like, well, that looks complicated. Yeah. Yeah. He, I thought he was funny. I just, I didn't think that the, making him an alien was necessary. No, I didn't, I, I didn't I just, think so either. And along with the aliens themselves, I, I didn't think that the aliens were particularly cool looking or interesting in any way, I thought that they were all pretty generic. I think that they could have utilized some more, and, and like making their vulnerability, their penis was <laughs> funny. But I, I feel like that they could have done more, <laughs> more funny uh, things with the, the 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 design of the alien or something. Yeah, but I, um, yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> Jonah Hill yelling, "Why are their dicks exploding?" <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I thought, I mean, like you said, it was funny, but at the same time, it's like, that's, that's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. It's pretty stupid. Really? That's the only, that's the only kind of spoiler-ish. Well, I mean, my thing for spoilers is like, I would imagine that the aliens would still come and destroy the planet. They're not just going to be like, well, we never heard back from all those aliens that we sent. Hmm. And then they just go on with the rest of their lives. I think they would be like, I wonder what happened to all those guys that we sent there. Yeah. They were supposed to call back to us, and that never happened. Well. Let's go Let's go take a look. That, I mean, that, <laughs> there, there are, if you really think about the movie, there's a lot of yeah. plot holes in this movie. Yeah. There's, but I just, there's not a lot that makes sense. I just love that that's, you know, yeah, we won. It's like, I would think they're still good. I would like to see that as like a sequel. Where the aliens come and just destroy the entire planet. You could just yeah. make it like a short film, like 20 minutes long. What I'm wondering is if there were more. I mean... Yeah, are there still, are there still other ones? Yeah, I mean, obviously Jamarcus wasn't involved in their plan to build the communicator. So if he wasn't there, wouldn't you think that that'd mean there'd be others that are out there just doing their own thing? Yeah. Oh, maybe there is. That's why. Maybe they do have it set up for a sequel. Ooh. I don't know. 
Aliens. I just think aliens are stupid to begin with. And that's just to me. That's just like laziness. I like, think. What should we do with this movie? Let's throw an alien in it. Yeah, alien invasion. I think that you should watch Attack the Block. I would uh, like to see Attack the Block. I think that you would, you would like that because, uh, I saw a lot of Attack the Block in the watch. I really did. Well, I mean, I don't. I should say I don't really mind, the the whole like alien genre. It's just it seems like overkill the last couple of years where it's like almost every other movie that comes out is aliens. It's like, Oh my God, can we just like just a bit of restraint, please? Yeah. We, uh, you know, Hollywood goes through little spurts. I know. And that's what drives me crazy. There'll be a big alien movie and that'll spawn more big alien movies and, and stuff. I mean, now, now they've announced there's another, so they're re-releasing Independence Day in 3D, and it's yeah, also yeah. going to be a sequel. Oh, thank so. God. Yeah. We definitely needed that, because yeah. everyone knows that Independence Day is the classic. Yep. Well, let's get out of this spoiler zone. Did you want to add anything about the watch? Spoiler I just want to say, no spoiler-wise, but let me just say that, and I know that you agree with me, Russian nesting dolls. Yes. Which that's is, my and that, see, the, see, that's, see, that's my type of humor. If you have that in a movie, which they have it scattered throughout this movie, I, I just laugh my ass off. Yeah. I just I absolutely loved it. He was so, and I loved that, well, Vince, the, the, the scene is Vince Vaughn finds the Russian nesting doll, and he's so intrigued that <laughs> he finds a doll when he opens it up and finds another one, he's just, it blows his mind. But I also I thought that that was a funny little thing that he seemed there was numerous points in the movie where he seemed really like into knickknacks. There was numerous times where he talked about knickknacks, like when he's at Ben Stiller's house, he's like, "Do you mind if I walk around? Because it looks like you have a lot of knickknacks." And then at the end, he was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if I can get myself some knickknacks here." I just I loved that his character was, for some reason, was enthralled by knickknacks. He was. <laughs> I thought it was great because he was playing his kind of typical Vince Vaughn character, but it was, it was different enough. Like he was less um, mean. Yeah, he was. Ex- he was extremely positive. He was. He was yeah, really he, a happy dude. <laughs> he was just more. He was like excited about everything. Like yeah. just in it, it, they set it up perfectly at the of how his character was going to be at the at the beginning of the film when he was looking at the TV yeah. at the Costco. Yes. <laughs> that was just so funny, and I my brain was so trained into thinking that Vince Vaughn is an asshole or he always plays an asshole that I yeah. thought he was being sarcastic and just being a dick. But then I realized like, Oh no, <laughs> this is the character that he's playing. Like he's just happy and excited yeah. about everything. Yeah. He's essentially like a little kid, like everything, <laughs> everything makes him so happy. Yeah. And he gets so excited. Yeah. I've not, like I've never seen someone that excited about, uh, Russian nesting dolls. I mean, he was, he was thoroughly in- enjoying that yeah that Uh, seems great let's get out of the spoiler zone real quick and then we can give our final thoughts on the watch so we're back and 
what would you okay so what would your final score be you think for the watch we know mine's a five out of ten i thought it was Um, funny but i wasn't like super into the story i had a lot of issues with yeah i mean different plot things but i would give it a probably like a five and a half it's probably as high as that would go i mean i did i loved the comedy the the banter and stuff because that's my thing and I really enjoyed that, and I was laughing throughout the movie. But this the story itself was stupid, and I mean, I had a lot of problems with the story. But like I said, I'm I'm just going there to I want to laugh. So it's I wouldn't, I, yeah, I wouldn't completely tear the movie apart. I mean, you can tell throughout the entire movie that they're not taking themselves seriously. You know, their goal is to make you laugh. That's all they're going for. Nothing else. And I think they succeeded. But oh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, story wise, um, you know, camper work. I mean, you know, there's nothing special here at all. No, I didn't I just, think that the director yeah, was anything spectacular. No, there was no like awesome action scenes. There was, you know, but I thought it was funny. I, I did laugh pretty much the entire movie. Yeah. Well, there you have it. I would say you can probably skip this one in theaters, but I would I would rent it. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would definitely check it out. Cause, and I'm one of those people too that I am dying for comedies all the time. Because to me, there just doesn't seem to be that many actual good comedies. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of comedies come out, but like I said, I have a very specific taste for myself, which is the dialogue-based banter, and it's hard to come across. But I would definitely suggest this. And I, there was one other um, performance that I wanted to point out, which was Billy Crudup was creepy as hell. Yes, he was extremely creepy. In this he film. was so weird. He was, he was extremely weird and creepy. And I thought he played that character perfectly i agree there you have it let's uh, move on to doing our predictions here um last week we predicted killer joe this uh what did i give it i gave it a 76 you gave it a 71 actual 76 i was right on the money there oh uh, you right on the money these are rotten tomato scores the watch you predicted 77. I predicted 65. Actual wow. 14. <laughs> That's extremely surprising. I'm surprised that people are hating this so much. They, Well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that the user score is probably a lot higher. I wonder what I'm going to look at the user score. I, I, I will. 70. 70. Yeah. See, that's that's more. I, yeah, I think to, to, to me, it seems like too often they try and review comedies the same way you review like well and that's like a movie like like, bullhead or something yeah you can't you can't can't look at them the same way and i knew the score before i went to see it and i was like oh man i'm i don't know what's going on with this movie but people are hating it and i left the theater and i was like i was like yeah i mean i would not give it a 14 i mean out of 10 that's a one you know yeah so I was like, no way. There were so many movies I saw this year so far that were so much worse than yeah. this. 
And uh, yeah, it needs to be pointed out. Savages has a fifty-four right now. Yeah, that's another. Savages is terrible. That's another surprising one to me. I just, I mean, normally when I, after I review a movie and I compare my score with the general consensus on either Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes, I'm usually pretty close. But with uh, those two movies in particular, I, I just didn't get it. And see, the, for me, the thing that bothers me is the Savages actually wants it. It takes itself seriously and wants you to take it seriously, and it's a joke. Right. Right. And I, I like going back to like the Tim and Eric movie. I think that that got a much higher score than The Watch, and which is funny because I love the Tim and Eric movie, but that was one that I was like, critics are going to hate this. They're going to hate this movie with a passion. Yeah, I was. And I don't think it got. I don't think it got a really high score, but I think it got like a forty or something like that. So, yeah, got thirty-seven for Tim and Eric, which is and this, okay. So this is. Let's move on to the next movie, and this is going to piss you off even more. Step What's the up, next one? <laughs> step up, Revolution Three uh, D. I predicted. Did... <laughs> I predicted twenty-three. You predicted Wait. twenty. Actual thirty-four. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. So, the watch gets a 14 and Step Up Revolution 3D gets a 34. Give me a break. Yeah. So, my girlfriend's actually seeing that right now as we speak. So, I'll get a report from her on. Oh. <laughs> and you, you, you know who gave it a good rating or a good review? Ebert. Who? No. <laughs> I don't think Ebert did. Leonard Malton did, though. Oh, come on. Well, Leonard Malton. I swear. I will never forget. You I need to you retire. Were, you were watching it with me. It was on whatever kind of stupid show he had, and he gave Snow Dogs yeah, his hot Snow vote. Yeah, Snow Dogs. His hot vote, and he gave Black Hawk Down his not vote. Yeah, and ever since then, he's been a joke. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, but I can never respect somebody that would give a... Sh- uh, Shining positive review to Snow Dogs and tear Black Hawk down apart. <laughs> well, uh, I can't, I can't entertain. Can't Leonard Maltz. Oh my good, yeah. He also, because I'm just looking at other. He gave a bad review to Moonrise Kingdom. What an idiot! You know he writes for IndieWire. <laughs> yeah, and he gave a good review. <laughs> this is even better than the Snow Dogs. Bad review to Moonrise Kingdom. Good review to what to expect when you're expecting. So, I mean, he's just like, it's almost as if he's trying to purposely go against the grain. Bravo, Leonard Malton. Bravo. Anyway. You're a joke. The other one that uh, we predicted was Ruby Sparks. Uh, You predicted 51. I predicted 60. And the actual score on that one was 75. 75. So. Hmm. That was another big win for me this week. Current score tally is 32 to 17. I'm right there. I'm right there. Well, for for like months we were. Yeah. Neck and neck. But I started pulling pulling ahead. Let's see if you can uh, come back this week because we got um, four predictions to do this week. First up, we have Total Recall. Total Recall. Yeah, what do you think about this one? I have no idea where this is going to go. Um, I want to say I'm going to go 
77. 77? Yeah. I also don't know where this is going to go. I don't think it'll be more than 77. In fact, I think it's going to be considerably lower. So I'm going to say like a 60. And mm-hmm. I have a, f- and that's a safe bet. And I have a feeling that it's going to be even lower. Okay. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, then we have Diary of a Wimpy Kid Dog Days. Oh, yeah. This is the third Diary of a Wimpy Kid movie. And, and the thing I don't understand about this is that these movies get panned by critics, even the first one. I mean, critics just tear these movies apart, but because it's based on the um, really, really widely selling books, I guess they make money, so they're going to keep making these things. Yeah. I want to guess 19% on this one. Ooh. Hmm. I'm going to go... I'm going to go 20. Okay. Go 20. Uh, then we have Celeste and Jesse Forever. This is the Rashida Jones, Andy Samberg dramedy. I'm interested in this movie. I want to see this. Pretty good. Looks like it could be good. Yeah. What do you think on this one? Hmm. I'm going to go 75. Hmm. That's a good That's a good one. That's probably where I would go. I'm going to say 74. And finally, we uh, have The Baby Makers. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, this is with Olivia Munn and I think the one guy from Broken Lizards. I think that there's several Broken Lizards people in it. And the one, the one guy that's in Broken Lizards wrote and I think directed this movie. But it's not a, a Broken Lizards movie. It just has like two or three of the guys in it. Mm. But maybe it is, you know what? You know, when I first saw that, and they were like, "Oh, it's not really a broken." Li-. I'm thinking, maybe it is a broken lizards movie, and they're just realizing that people don't respect them as much as when Super Troopers came out. Yeah, because I mean, if does. I see broken lizards, I immediately think crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I do the same. I think it's like to me, it's the same thing as saying. National Lampoon. Exactly. I'm like, nope, terrible. Not yes, watching it. Exactly. It does have Paul Schneider in it, though. Which is odd. Yeah. Uh, I think this is going to be garbage. Yeah. Even though I will say, Olivia Munn, I used to think was a terrible actress, but she's getting, she's getting better. She's in Aaron Sorkin's uh, newsroom on HBO. Yeah. And she's... I mean, she's not a main character, but she usually has a few scenes every episode, and she does a really good job. So I think she's definitely getting better. But the baby makers, I'm going to (laughs) say 13. Yeah, I'm going to go with a 10. Yeah, that's. (laughs) maybe we'll be wrong. I don't know, but I saw the trailer, and it looks pretty terrible. I refuse to watch the trailer. Because I have no interest whatsoever, and I don't waste my time yeah, it's on things bad. that look awful. It's pretty bad. Well, I think that does it for another show. For all uh-huh. the latest film news and reviews, visit us at filmpulse.net, and we want to hear your feedback. Send us an email at feedbackfilmpulse.net or call our voicemail line at 850-391-6071. Also, please take a minute to rate us on iTunes. We appreciate that very much. 
For FilmPulse.net, my name is Adam. And I'm Kevin. And we'll see you on Tuesday for DVD and Blu-ray releases. Ooh.